0: A new episode of the Truth or Death podcast starts now.
1: All right. Hello, lady beings and gentle wonders and other creatures of the night. It's an exciting episode. Today, we're back on the TOD podcast. I've got a wonderful, beautiful, amazing guest that I met along the road. But before I'm going to give something away, shout out to our amazing worldwide listeners, you are incredible thank you for tuning in all the time thank you for spreading our messages and all that kind of stuff yeah we've got amazing company today um even though Sajj is not here with me um Petr, if you're listening come back um yeah the wonderful Arun is that correct you can say <laughs> however you want Aaron
0: Aaron Aaron Harun like Aaron is how I say it but I'm very very chill
1: Oh, amazing. Yeah, we already, we already chatted before that we flow by basically any pronouns and all that mm-hmm. kind of jazz. But yeah, first and foremost, the stage is yours. Please introduce yourself. Hello and welcome.
0: Thank you so much, <laughs> Lola. Thank you for having me. My name is Aaron Blair Manget. I am an actor, writer, singer, an all-around maker, really. I love being creative, but I predominantly started in theatre at the age of 18. Lots of plays and lots of musicals. And then in recent years I've pivoted into becoming a screenwriter. So that's kind of what I've been doing just quietly and under the radar for the past, I guess, two years. And it's incredible, it's so collaborative. And yeah, hopefully we'll talk more about that because I know that you're on your journey too into making and shaping and creating. So yeah, let's see.
1: I'm so, Gosh I can if you you guys know I'm always about the energy and stuff and I'm my heart is already warming up and stuff so yeah let's get right into it the road so far how has it been for you with creation the art scene and all that kind of stuff?
0: It's a very unpredictable journey I think for me growing up I always knew I wanted to perform from the age of like six I was quite a shy kid but I knew that the stage spoke to me, the screen spoke to me, music was my first love. So I was like, what, what can I do that encapsulates all of that? And I think around 15, 16, I thought, oh, well maybe it's musicals because you get to step onto the stage, sing, act, dance and do it all. And then I started going to lots of open auditions and open calls, one of my best friends, Phoebe Street. She would send, would send each other them and she was like, oh, they're auditioning for a show called Spring Awakening. I was like, what's that? And when I did my research, I was like, oh, it's a play. a German play? And she was like, no, no, they've done a musical. And I was like, okay. So that was like one of the first things I auditioned for and got really, really far down to the finals. And I think I was 16 or 17 at the time. And that really opened my eyes up to the possibilities of being able to play for a living in, and you know, sing and dance and have fun and tell actually really cool, innovative stories. And then once I left, I was very geeky at school, very academic. Once I left school, I started, I was very lucky, started working. And then I think for me, I love acting. Inherently, it's like in my DNA. I, I just enjoy it so much, but sometimes you're like the last piece of the puzzle to come into play. You are, you know, the production's written, the, the creative team have been assembled, and then they're calling upon you to to come and realize these characters. And I, and over the course of the past like decade, I've really realized that I like to be at the point of inception as well and creation and get to throw ideas at the wall and see what sticks and break characters and break episodes and what well, I mean in a te- television format. But that's where I really, really come alive. So I think getting to embrace that side in the past couple of years has been uh, electrifying and it's definitely very hard I think going from eight shows a week to like eight hours on zoom has been a culture shock especially to my body <laughs> it's like what are you doing and I'm still navigating that on a daily basis but I don't know how do you feel for you because you've embraced this brand new chapter as well yourself how, how are you navigating it all
1: yeah so um it's been it's been mental um because basically so many people have said like where do all your skills come from like why have we never talked about this and the the big truth is that I was never confident to show it um I come I was raised in a very Christian conservative village even though my family is quite open and try to you know what can you do when you have a very genius artsy kid and all that kind of stuff and 10 years ago like over 10 years ago obviously the world was much different and not as open to arts as we approach it today so where I come from, it was very, I wasn't really accepted. I was very different to the standard that we had. And it was all, it was difficult to kind of like really voice that for me as well to say, I really want to work in the industry because none of my family members had any kind of connection to that. Um, it was, if, if I knew someone, it was always the thing of like, yeah, it's just, Art is just a hobby. But for me, it was always the thing. No, no, I want to do this for a living. I just don't know how. Mm. And the first thing that came to me was being a writer when I was 12. I just picked up a pen. I started writing in my notebooks. And that is the truth that definitely stuck with me all these years. That I realized no matter what, there's always going to be the the, the poet, the the storyteller, the, the person that wants to create art through stories. Um and then, yeah, over the years, I just tried a lot of things, but it was always kind of like a background background thing. I just tried a lot of stuff. I I mean, looking back at it, I extended my portfolio in so many beautiful ways now that I look at it. And as I'm a strong believer of, you know, universe and all that kind of connection, mm-hmm. I do think it was meant to happen that way simply because now it shaped me into the person that I am today, my own boss which is exciting um since last december i became self employed and um, it's all coming together it's all shaping together the vision that i have for my business um it's it's a wild mixture of being a creatrix which is connection to my non binary label um mm. and then being the author the writer the dancer the singer there's a lot of art and creation in there and for me it was always cuz i'm a very for me it needs to be about flexibility i have a problem with certain structures um if i have to do one thing for eight hours a day i go mental it's always the thing of no no, no today i'm going to do a podcast then i'm going to do a blog then i'm going to do this this is literally essence that i need it so um but yeah it's, it's the truth is that it took a lot long time to to be this confident in the art that i'm creating now and i think to an extent, it's always the thing. Whenever you step, you know, into the next level of who you are, it's the thing of, oh my gosh, there's still the imposter somewhere inside of you that is telling you like you're too much, you're you're this, you're that. So it's definitely the the biggest challenge is the mental health balance for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's gotten so much better over the last month
0: That is an ongoing so, battle, constantly to to strive to make art, especially in the world that we're living in today, like. In some ways, it's gotten easy to make art because you can curate and create on the uh, in your palm of you know in your phone. But also, accessibility isn't always the best access route into making creativity. And in the, the past, up two years that we've been in, in the Panna cotta, the pandemic as I call it, Panna cotta, is that you know you were starved of <laughs> this interactions and that intimacy. So we were forced to be creative in different ways. And I think even globally, we're inundated with so much content now that it's sometimes hard to. Know what's authentic or what really can like break through and resonate with wider audiences. But you said something really, really astute that I completely agree with is that you know, you were always the writer and and it was always in the background, maybe and just like wanting to break through. And I think very much with me, I see the parallels. Like I was writing from the age of seven. I would write short stories, I'd write poetry, and I'd write songs. I'd write lyrics all the time. Like that was my release. It still is very cathartic. I often don't like process in like music form. And I think for me, that was always a release, always a way to to explore my thoughts and feelings and and around similar age 12 13 I started writing lyrics and I'd like write them for like people's birthday cards and little ways of like expressing my sentiment but it's kind of about feeling brave enough to just like put things out into the world and I really celebrate you for stepping into your truth and it just gets better and better I promise you like I've been self employed a hot minute now so <laughs> like 12 years I think but
1: thank you so much for sharing that insight um there's already so much beautiful truth in there and thank you for your kind words as well My next question is, what's the best and worst thing about performing for you?
0: In the context of theater, the best thing is the live element of being in front of an audience. I also love the camaraderie of being with a company. And that's like on and off the stage. I think often we elevate and celebrate the performers who step onto the stage. But for me, like some of my closest, best connections happen with like the sound department, stage management. Costumes, wigs, like I really enjoy every every aspect. The flies automation. I mean, flies are the people that literally fly in pieces of set and they're incredible. Automation are also similarly, they will be on LX and automation like machines making sure that all of the mechanics are working when things kind of coming in on from the wings or anything that's basically automated, they're in charge of. Um and I mean, sound department, they make you sound good. They give you reverb, but they're just, I just think the talent off stage is incredible. Um, So that's for me, it's like finding your family in the show. And that can be, like I said, on and off the stage. The worst thing, ooh, where do I start? No, I'm joking, I'm joking. You know what? It's very grueling. I think people don't talk enough about, yes, when you're in a show, it's great, but the lifestyle when you're hustling to try and book the next thing, and competition is is in every industry don't get me wrong but when you're like churning out so many actors each year through whether that's drama schools or universities or even just people coming out of college or school and there's only a few roles available at the table I think it kind of breeds this culture of not survival of the fittest because I don't even think it is because it's so political these days and it probably was always been but I think That's why I'm kind of turning to wanting to connect and make my own work and enfranchise those around me who I know are super talented, but often get overlooked for various reasons. And I think that that's something that's really hard that people don't talk about is you're always an actor, you're always a creative, even if you're not in work, like in a job. And I think the industry needs, and ourselves, we need to stop defining ourselves by the jobs that we do and define ourselves by who we are, like underneath all of the facade.
1: My gosh, yes. (laughs) Yes. uh i couldn't agree more oh my heart is melting um yeah as i mentioned before the industry is changing for sure um and i think what we need now is i mean that's literally what i'm trying to bring through with the work that i do and with with the people that i work with um to kind of like you know raise the standard for more equality reasons Mm -hmm. because obviously all these years whether you look at the music industry the theater industry it's all about a certain kind of structure. And I don't even want to press this onto a label of like, you know, white heteronormative and stuff. Although, because I work on the writing side in fantasy, fantasy is one of the strongest dominated white heteronormative. Like I love talking, I really do. I'm so blessed that I grew up with fantasy, but all these years there have been so many men writing fantasy. And what I challenge at the moment is that I want to bring more diversity on all kinds of levels, not only for the sake of, you know, non-binary, female, um, feminine must presentation, but just generally, I think, you know, if if not in fantasy, where are we going to express art and diversity? Because especially in fantasy, we should have that kind of expression. And I mean, if, if you put it away from that as well, art is expressive. We shouldn't limit ourselves based on certain concepts and structures. And on the other side, I know it's sometimes hard for people to understand because, I mean, the millennial generation is the most diverse and, and, and creative in my eyes. Cause we are kind of like the bridge between, Oh, we know the, 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 the times where it was, where there was no internet. And then suddenly there was accessibility on, on this massive, massive bridge and, and What you mentioned before as well, it's quite overwhelming sometimes because now you've got so many choices. Do you want to be on TikTok? Do you want to be on YouTube? Do you want to do stage play? Like there are so many options. And that's amazing. And what I love, because what I want people to to really do is just go out there with your art because it's needed, especially in times like this. Art is the is the one source, the one thing that we all need, that we look into, that we can fall into when it comes to expressing all that kind of stuff um yeah it's for me it's really like just from my experience I mean the best thing for me is like I always say that and this is still an approach that is very there's a misconception out there that you know there always needs to be a motive behind it like there needs to be a reason why you do certain things and this is so cheap but it's for me it's about love and creation it really is like it always has been but You know, when you walk in the industry, a lot of people don't take you serious for that. And they and obviously, like as a creator or like, especially when you work full time. Yes, we also want to get paid for our jobs and stuff like that. But that is that is just one part of what what we do. And what I just love is that, you know, the, the, the path really like, obviously, once you have the end product, it's so nice to, you know, we all did this together but to have the connection and then just be in the room with people that have the same drive and passion and just you you sit there and, and you have these bonds and forums and it's just so beautiful that's definitely one of the best things and then on the other side and I think that's what we are facing right now is just that you know sometimes you come across people that are so in their structure and 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 they they judge you from the moment you walk in the room and I think we all need to and no one like i'm not saying that i'm completely free of that i'm just trying to become that kind of person more because i think especially when we let ourselves to look beyond the surface regardless of race gender or whatever it is we open up doors for so many many more stories and creation that we should put out in this world love it thank you yeah oh my gosh i'm 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 trying to hold back my tears here
0: oh <laughs> let it out
1: baby let it out yeah what once it's done like everyone knows this I'm a cry baby like I look like a fierce bitch on the internet but <laughs> I, I'm a cry baby really um yeah what's something that you want to tell others creative artists or people out there that you know to inspire I kind of took that away already no,
0: you were beautiful <laughs> and so articulate and I would just actually just completely concur with everything that you said and I think something that has been instilled in me is like keep going keep making you are valid you are important you are necessary and I truly believe that like everyone I encounter like whether that's the the I say kids they're not even kids they're like 16 17 year olds that I mentor or uh the, like 20 something actors who I mentor or my writing friends who we read each other's scripts or my mentor who I love and adore who has really just paved the way and I really stand on their shoulders. Or I mean they really instilled in me. I would be like, oh, I just gotta keep my head down. And they they said something really, really powerful to me about two, two years ago, maybe to the day, they said, Oh no, yeah. Well yeah, yeah. I think it was like early March. They said, no, keep your head up. Keep looking to the stars. Cause we're like told like constantly, like head down, work. And especially in London, you're like a worker bee. You are striving and strutting and bashing people's shoulders and it's very dog eat dog and it's I don't know like I love this city I've grown up here my whole life but I'm splitting my time between here in LA now and I just think there's something that resonates with me in the Californian sun I don't know it's not that the grass is greener because I don't want to compare but for where I am in my frequency and the way that people collaborate out there and connect is just really beautiful and empowering and I think yes keep your head up so anyone listening keep your head up keep going keep going keep going so many people give up and if you give up and give in then you're not stepping into the light and let that sun hit it baby
1: my heart is melting when you mentioned that um I actually have that quote um the, the full quote I don't know if your mentor intended that from that person but it, the folk quote comes actually from Stephen Hawking um ah. who mentioned that uh we all should look up to the stars and you know question the universe and you know look up yeah look up the, to the stars and like you're among them. then you know the the universe really is a reflection of what we want to put in this world Um, whether you are spiritual or not or whatever you believe in um you have a place in this world and i know it's sometimes hard to believe that uh because you know the struggle of like the society norm and where you feel like you belong to you but that's the beauty of community that we create in the creative industry Um. I, i've been recently thinking about this like when you're on the art art path sometimes or like i never really had an extreme consistency in the sense of you know especially when you walk into the room there's and you meet new people and stuff and um, i was always that person that was kind of already standing out so when you walk on that path it can get lonely sometimes because you know the way i am is not for everyone and then it it comes to this point where you're like, right, I'm walking out of this room and, you know, this out of 20 people, it's just going to be two that are stuck with you. And um, that used to be a lot of struggle for me to just understand, like, why that is, because the way I, where I grew up, it was always the thing of like, you know, having a big group of friends. And and I think it's like I, I have so many connections now in the world that I created over the years. But it was never about the you know that one circle of friends that you have it was always about that like two or three people and that is so much more worth it as well because like yeah we all want to have that kind of friends group you know that you can hang with and you know go to party with or all that kind of stuff but you will need these people along the way when you create art and like and you will have moments where it's like you celebrate that after party of the stage play that you did or all the shenanigans that happen around productions really and it's such a good time and I wish that because what I wish someone would have told me is like enjoy these moments enjoy yeah. the golden moments and and really inhale that because with some people you meet along with a that's really because because we're all trying to create art and you know some people they stuck with you that they, they are on your kind of like same level and then some people are just there for a certain chapter but that's okay season present exactly.
0: lifetime and i think sorry to jump in but i really think what you said is so true enjoy the moments we're caught in a society now that documents the moments, but we don't necessarily enjoy them. And don't get me wrong, I've fallen victim to that too. I'm not trying to get on my high horse, but what I really do try to do when I go to a concert, I don't pull out my phone to document it because I'm like, there are 10,000 other people I can watch this on YouTube tomorrow, yeah. but I'm going to just sit and listen to this artist or this band or whatever and really immerse yeah. myself in the live moment and let that bass permeate, penetrate. I try and be really present in the moment because I used to wish, I think it's artists what we need to also learn to enjoy the journey. Like, not yeah. try, don't celebrate the end goal, the destination, the accolade that may come. And this is something that I had to break down as well because societally, that's what is upheld. Societally, it is, oh, the Oscars, it's this, it's that, it's the, um, or, I mean, and people always like, yeah, but in sport, you're, not, you're looking to win the Premier League and all this stuff, but they are different. Like, there might be similarities in the way that you might want to train as an athlete, but also train as an actor or something, or a dancer, but But art, I actually think that the older I get, I realize there's no such thing as bad art because different things resonate with different people. So I might not really like a film, but someone might love it. But also anytime I consume art or watch art or experience art, I will try and find something that has connected with me and I've connected with it. Like, So when I come away from seeing like a stage play, for example, and I say, oh my goodness, I loved the lighting. My friends say, oh my God, that's so shady. I'm like, why are they like, that means you didn't like it. I'm like, how is me celebrating the lighting or the set design? Why is that seen as just because I haven't put the performers at the front in my mind of my, my, you know, my feelings towards it. And I think we need to shift our perspective and realize that everything that we see is art, like literally I, I'm so it stems back to looking up again, but when you walk down the street, i task ask anyone, listen to this, look up, like literally look up at the buildings, at the architecture, look at the design. Humans made this collaboratively, creatively, like and mathematically like geographically is incredible to me and that's something that I really loved about ILA is like every house every single house is different and it's amazing to me that we don't just I don't know how we're not just like paralyzed with like splendor and wonder at just the things that the mag- sheer magnitude of what we've been able to achieve and I think the minute that we like stop appreciating is the minute that we lose
1: absolutely absolutely gosh, everything about this interview I. I... Uh, everything yes yes i mean you can hear there's so much creation in this room it's just what you also said with the with the architecture and outside um it's really that that thing of it's it's always been there the the beauty the the art and you know especially when you look at media um because i also used to study journalism and the reason why i stepped out was literally because there is no concrete codex and it clashed with my moral values and i was like no i can't do that i can't i'm too much of a community person to you know put the put the article in front of people i couldn't do that um and there are magazines and and resources out there that are obviously focused on the people but you know the, the majority the average is still very you know drama based and fear-based written and i always say to people if you can't handle that just stay off it um really look into the kind of like media that you know keeps your mental health at bay and stuff like that because the thing is the way i see it and the way we should look at the world is like and and i know it's it's scary especially with with times like this you know when you still have older generations trying to you know push people like us into certain boxes and structures and stuff you really gotta it's it's the one thing that you have heard all the time but you gotta believe in yourself and you gotta have that love for yourself first, and then you know you put it out in the world, and that's where we create it from. And there's so much art and beauty around where where we where we are, where we live, and all that kind of stuff. So please embrace it because, especially when you're on the artist's road, you know it can get fast-paced, it can get a bit wobbly, <laughs> mm. <laughs> a <little> bit <barbie>. bumpy. <laughs> but it's really important to to embrace these moments because you know what? Once I always say that like. The moment you step into your truth, there's so much beauty that is going to come with it. But then you're going to look back and you think, oh man, I miss these moments where I was just laying on the sofa, thinking about these stories for myself. And um, so, yeah, it's it's really, really important to to embrace that. Um, next question would be mm-hmm. matters of LGBTQ and diversity. I want to give you just the, I'm, I'm not going to say anything because I think or one of the reasons why I wanted to have you is, you know, your voice for the, the black and, and people of color community. And um, I think it's so important that we have more people like you still having the chance to, you know, express that for your community. So whatever you want to say in the matters of LGBTQ and diversity right now, go ahead. I won't comment on it. I think it's absolutely important that you have the stage to yourself on that matter.
0: I mean, for me, there's so much intersectionality because I'm black, brown, and queer. So I love, I'm very proud to be a member of the queer community, of the LGBTQIA plus community. I think it's hard because sometimes when you're talking in around people that you feel like share similar sentiments and views to you, it can be becoming a bit of an echo chamber. And what I feel like we need to do within the community because we're not homogenous. We're not one and the same. Like there's so much diversity and multifaceted like energies within this The way that we've kind of been siphoned from like the rest of society heteronormativity and the the more that we communicate and are able to like celebrate each other gas each other up blow each other up rather than still kind of then embody and replicate the same confines and parameters that exist in quote unquote the straight world like i think i've been having some really hard discussions with friends in the past couple years i think the minute we were the world how they feel about themselves um i think Oh my God! There's so much to say, but also I'm just like shouting out into the ether. I'm very proud to be queer, to be black, to be black, to be brown, um, to be biracial. I just think we still need to break down what has been upheld. Like I said, like it's all well and good me talking to my like my brothers and sisters and my gender queer my gender queer tribe and my non-binary tribe, my trans tribe, but we all have struggles and we understand struggle. And it's like it needs to be a two-way street. I feel like we're constantly educating a massive thing that needs to change is like allow LGBTQIA history in schools in education from a young age. Usualize it don't make it feel othered because we grow up feeling so othered at the minute that you just embrace us for who we are things will be so much better from a very very early on point and then we won't ever have to keep explaining ourselves like the minute I step out the door, you know, I'm navigating and negotiating my space. I'm trying to shrink myself or accommodate for other people. I'm six foot two. Like, I don't want to be this threatening energy. I don't think I am anyway, but like growing up and navigating that was easier said than done because people would just see this like black or black mixed race guy. And so then I'd have to like talk and smile and be friendly and affable to, to make them be like, oh, he's not threatening. He's not imposing. And then even within the queerness of that as well, it's like trying to figure out where I exist on the spectrum. And what the notion of black masculinity looks like within the queer world or, and then if I'm lean, I'm, I'm exploring my, my queerness, my gender queerness, people are like, but why? And then not living up to the expectations that people have when, whether that's like dating or, or like romantically. There's so much to unpick and I feel like it could be a whole hour long so I won't go on for too long, but I think the more communication and conversations we have, the better. And that does start within the community. We can't expect change to come if we're not like looking at each other or one in the same. And like, I always say, like, it's a sliding scale, like white cisgendered gay men are at the top. And like, we really need to like level the playing field. We need to glow up and elevate our trans brothers and sisters, our trans, trans non-binary folk. Like we really need to, it's like time for ladies and gentle them to like have the floor and let them feel loved and seen.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I, As I said, I, I'm, thank you. Thank you. I think it's really important that you, yeah, that we, you know, keep sharing the story. Mm-hmm, uh, really mm-hmm. and uh thank you for for speaking up um obviously i th- i think it's really important i mean if if you're someone that is listening and is in a more privileged position to give people like arun the stage or whatever it is you know please do that please do that you know um because i feel like it's you know we, we all have privileges on one end or the other like no one is without a certain privilege and all that kind of stuff um but it's important that we share these stories and and make people more heard and seen them um, so thank you for sharing this today i uh is there any other cup of tea that you would like to share
0: oh what's your favorite cup of tea to drink
1: oh um so i actually i love tea um it, it's kind of where i grew up in, in north germany we have a lot of like these little tea shops and stuff that make the tea very traditional Um, I would say I'm definitely uh, a green tea person. Yeah, I'm absolutely on the spectrum of matcha. Yes,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) Of course, of course. Is there any millennial out there that doesn't like matcha tea? (laughs) Um, Yeah, green tea. But the thing is also, I'm very like with my mental health and and stuff as I can only drink certain type of mental um, herbal teas because otherwise it gets to my brain. I recently Mm -hmm. had a incident where I, thought I was drinking lavender tea but there was some cbd oil in there and it connected to my visionary brain and I had a full-on sesh for like three hours and I was like what was in this tea what happened yeah um so yeah but any kind of tea really like I'm yeah chai person through and through for sure green tea what about yours
0: I grew up like drinking like English you know breakfast tea and builder's tea and stuff but oh Herbal teas, life. Right now, I've got a three ginger on the go. I've got my black coffee on the go. I will have peppermint in a bit. I will probably have more three ginger later, a nighttime tea before bed. I drink a lot. Hydration is key. Everyone listening, hydration is key. Water is your best friend. Water is the best drink. Give it. Give it to your body. You are water. We are water. We are connected. We flow. Let it flow. Let the creativity flow. And in order to do so, drink water. <laughs> so, yeah. <Correct>. tea. <laughs> in terms of cups of tea or like any tea I, I i don't really have anything to spill like i'm writing all my secrets down in these scripts and pages that hopefully will be shared with the world in due course but um yeah there's some fun things in percolation i'm writing on a new hulu show that's going to come out maybe next year i um and i'm back in the studio just slowly slowly just figuring out really what i want to say and do musically so that will take some time but i'm really excited about you know continuing that journey as well but do you have any to, tea to spill?
1: Hmm, one last thing, maybe, because um, you've mentioned some stuff for the gender queer community as well, and obviously, um, I always say like I can, un- I can use labels to explain myself, but for me, it's really about like I myself don't really need labels anymore. I feel very confident in the person that I am, um, but I think what I want to just see and hope that people pay more attention to is just make space for non-binary and gender queer people because there's still a lot of um, stigma around, um, you know, the presentation for genderqueer and non-binary people. And um, if you're in the community, you know, we have certain books, like there is certain representation already going on. But the thing is that I want to see that, you know, people like us that we get to tell stories that are not about coming out, that are not about the whole journey, because it's nice to have, you know, coming out stories and all that kind of stuff but what i want to see is that we are just you know part of part of the gang in the sense of like you know we are just people um and we have more stories to tell than just it's always about who we are and then the the process yeah sure there there are parts and and bits and bobs where it's like you you should see that but it would also be nice to just you know have it embraced exist (laughs) exist yeah be a messy character
0: an imperfect character have flaws and fun and adventures and be able to cut loose and throw some shapes and it shouldn't just be about the character stepping into their gender identity or their truth or their coming out their sexuality i think what happens in the ellipsis and then afterwards that's where all the exciting stuff happens and the minute we show that is the minute that we're going to encourage and inspire the next generation because I grew up, the only time there were ever queer characters, it was like white gay men, really. And it was a coming out story or it was very traumatic. And it was about, rightly so, because we should talk more about the epidemic, but queer trauma is everywhere. And we need to talk about queer joy. Yes. All aspects of queer joy. joy, That's what what I write about. Like queer joy, queer humor, being tongue in cheek and playful and fun and trying to subvert expectations like of the tired tropes that we see time and time again. It's like, I don't want to see that. As exactly. Valerie Cherish would say in the comeback, Lisa Kudrow, genius masterclass. I don't want to see that.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I love that. So so true. One more thing before I'm gonna let you go of this episode. We've got the thing called the total truth. And that's when my guest gets up to say to three truths that are true to you, whatever you want to say, and I can't comment on it. So it can be it can be things like pineapple belongs on pizza matcha is the one and only tea in the world that we all should drink whatever it is that you want to share you you go and i can't comment on it
0: three truths okay number one controversial perhaps dairy is the devil number two love conquers all that's so corny but i really believe it i do i do it's true and if you're led to believe otherwise then you need to look inwards and love yourself um oh what do i believe to be i believe a lot to be true Number three, the earth is round. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, there's so many, like I would also link to that. Or maybe my my number 3.5 is, yeah, that astrology is incredible. And I'm not talking horoscopes of the way it's been, I guess, appropriated by magazines and publications. Know your birth chart, trust the stars, trust the universe. It's incredible. I don't want to lead a horse to water, but I just think, Definitely look into it if you're listening, because I think it really opened my eyes and some of the world's greatest leaders or the most wonderful people kind of listen to the stars. That's all I shall say. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for sharing so many truths and stories today. It's been phenomenal to have you here. I'm honestly so blessed. Um, yeah, wherever you are in the world right now, I hope I'm pretty sure you took a lot of a lot of tea from today's episode. Um, take care of yourselves, be kind to your mind and, you know, create art because we want to see it in the world and we want to embrace it. And, you know, you can always reach out to us. The TOD community and platform is one that values, you know, the differences that we have, really. Um, because, you know, that that's what makes us so unique and 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 great at the same time. And I can't wait to meet some of you on the road for sure. And um yeah, wherever you are in the world right now listening, day, night, on your way to sleep. I hope you have a wonderful dream and you dare to be yourself. And we hear each other next time on the Truth or That podcast.